This is Phil Fondicaro from Return of the Jedi, Garbage Pail Kids, Troll, Ghoulies 2, Land of the Dead, Willow, Bordello of Blood, Blood Dolls, Creeps, Meridian, Phantasm 2, you name it, I've been in it. Now listen, hey, this is our Nightmare Joke Hit podcast. Out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that comes with the warning to avoid fainting, keep repeating, it's only a podcast, it's only a podcast, only a podcast. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, uh, in preparation for this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness, we're taking our final tour of our Patreon vault as we highlight our Another Place tier by talking 1973's Don't Look in the Basement. <laughs> and whether you've been tongue-tied or not, you can listen <laughs> into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. I'll open your don't hole. Uh, and you can find us doing and don'ting mm-hmm. out on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk. And on both Blue Sky and Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead, but it is only on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and lack security hospital shenanigans. This episode is going to be releasing on Friday, February 23rd. If you find yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where they will have those lax hospital shenanigans taken care of. <laughs> indoors. That Just was indoors. a mouthful. That was. That was. That You need a laxative to could put lot. that through. It is a lot. Uh, but easier, easier, go to the Friday Night Fright tab, because the Friday this episode is releasing, Genius, latest Friday Night Fright. Helen. One of, one of the better horror films from the 1990s. Mm-hmm. You're looking for Candyman, bitch. And it was so funny to watch Tony Todd go, well. I didn't even say that. And I'm like, I know, but it's my favorite line, because I get it. <laughs> I hear you're looking for Gandy Madge. Well, you found him. So, Tony Todd. <laughs> Everyone involved. In fact, one of my favorite, like, unsung, not heroes, but performances in this one is the <sighs> pervy professor oh. by the by the classic put-upon mm-hmm. character actor Xander Berkeley. <laughs> Poor Xander Berkeley. Fuck, fuck Xander Berkeley. Exactly, exactly. But he just plays that. He plays that guy. He's in that role in Heat. Yeah, he's he's Ralph, Pro- professional sad sack. Oh. You know who always kind of like not stuck out like a sore thumb for me, but I'm always like, yeah, I know that guy. When the other professor and he's like, he's oh. like, oh, oh you're, man you're in Candyman country. Well, I remember my thesis up on Candyman country as well. No. I'm like, here's the thing though, as someone that does live within the world of higher education, <laughs> as someone that did indeed actually write a thesis. Uh, you have to do initially what's called a literature review, mm-hmm. of which you actually have to go out and look for the literature of the stuff that you're looking to you know, put out upon. So a basic literature review would have found his thing. So it would have been really cool if they would have had her maybe retort back, uh, oh, yeah, I've, I've read your work and we're going to expand upon it by actually going in and talking to the very people that this, this myth, this casual folktale has, it's a, who it's truly affected and actually do some real research. 
So it's one of those things you talk about the little things. It's the little things as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that being but said, but it's also based on a true story too. Oh. Multiple ones, Candyman, in a roundabout way. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing with Caprini Green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the and the hallways going through with the glass. Yeah. Well, then looking into next Friday Night's Fright, and then actually, um, <laughs> do you read such a cane? We hope you do. And this is one of those that I mean, technically next month we have a whole thing built around a pun yes. with this movie. Yes. <laughs> one that is definitely near and dear to our heart. John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. But yeah, this is one that <laughs> we've actually seen as part of a multiple Carpenter Fests. Mm-hmm. And one that, without a doubt, I know a lot of people will probably be seeing for the first time. Yeah. Which I'm hoping they will. And as I like to say, probably for me, the last great, truly great John Carpenter movie. I'll, I'll I'll hear you on that one. I'll hear. I'll I'll listen to the argument. We're gonna go down to Lovecraft Country. Uh, yeah, the, the only thing missing is Buck Flowers. I can see Buck Flowers as an older one. Bastard. I have to imagine he was working elsewhere at this point because why didn't we? That's I would love to her. have seen him as like the old man trapped to the lady at the at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd been great. Let me out, you old bitch. You know, just like. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is anytime the problem is with with Buck Flower is when he's not in a John Carpenter film he's like the Poochie right like, where's, where's, where's Buck, Buck where's Buck yeah so hopefully that doesn't spoil anything again <laughs> but actually uh, J- uh, Peter Jason's in there yes he is so a lot of the other Carpenter regulars and one of my best utterances of, of, of derivative of, of fuck from when Sam Neill's like you want yeah. to go and do that well fuck you I loved that one. <laughs> Uh, so come on out to that. Now, the uh, other repertory screenings that are actually happening on the weekend of the 23rd, uh, one that I actually just watched for the first time last year, uh, and technically one now that sadly uh, is an is in-memoriam screening. Mm-hmm. And goddamn, so many of these has happened that way, where they're programmed way out in advance. And then, of course, we just we end up inevitably lose someone. Uh, but this is your chance to see uh, Nor- Norman Jewison's Rollerball. I've never seen the OG. It's... So it's it's exactly what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a social satire built upon James James Con's just hairy ass shoulders. Are we thinking like Death Race two thousand or not as campy? Not as not as campy per se. Uh, but there's so much rollerball happening, and I mean it's in the title, right? It's the basis yeah, it of the, the film, yeah. But there's just so much of it, really, to the point where I found myself like. Learning and figuring out the rules so and the systems and movie. strategies. It's yes. a sports movie, but of a made up like death sport. Mm-hmm. It's it's sweet. It's very much of its time. I kind of anxious to see it up on the big screen, and then closing out uh, this month's filmmaker series with uh, Jordan Peele, <laughs> a movie that technically made and launched a monster, <laughs> at least for this show. Uh, this is your chance to experience uh, Nope. Back up on the big screen. Nope, and nope. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I can't help it. Gordy's home. No. And oh. it, it, it's like I said, I had two <laughs> incredibly different theatrical experiences with that film. Oops. No, no. Only made better. Only made better. Made memorable to the point now. It's part of our shtick, it's part of the show at this point. <laughs> so we hope to see you out uh, wandering the game grid with the Screenland film family. But genius if I'm talking film family. Hey, Bellies. We have our own collection of film family members hanging with us at Patreon. And 
We got a new pally. All right, new pally. And this pally is um, a self-professed Jallo addict. Ooh. And as we always like to say, there's always room for Jallo. And they mentioned that if they if if pressed to say like their top two or three, they'd have to go with a profondo rosso. Ooh, deep red. Yes. That that little like automaton the- always fucking freaked me out. I saw that one of the first times I saw that was at Panic Fest when they had the true midnight screenings. Yeah, their old rep screenings. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's a hell of a way to see it for the Mm -hmm. first time. It was great. Do you remember if there was like a big crowd at all? No. Okay. Maybe about half, half of two. It was two? Okay. That's actually a pretty red. Pretty good way to see that. But also uh, mentioned a favor is also Suspiria. So Tristan, thank you. Yes. Beyond thank you. You're fucking rad. For joining the Phil family now, technically at Tristan's tier, uh, they're at the another place tier, mm-hmm. of which we'll be going into. Uh, they're going to be actually requesting a movie for us to watch and review in the month of April. Ooh, after the madness. Ooh, and again, looking forward to that. Uh, but do really do appreciate you joining us. Uh, hope you enjoy all the goodies we have at your disposal. Uh, appreciate the uh, the support. Mm-hmm. Again, you're fucking rad. And I will say this, as Next week, the madness begins. Absolutely. We're diving head first into the madness. But all of our family, film family members are going to have early access to the bracket. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, one of the perks there. So to have access to that perk and so much more, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. You need uh, the bracket. How are you going to play? You're going to play. And I'm, <laughs> as, we were, as we're re-recording this, there's been a lot of madness happening here, just a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And it should be noted... Uh, in terms of what we're looking at with this particular tier, at another place, this is our top tier. So you, of course, have all the the goodies that we've just gone through. Yep. All the the first-time viewings for me, our new horror episodes, mm-hmm. monthly commentaries. Then there's mod. <laughs> God damn it, genius. <laughs> Again, enhancing? Yeah. Possibly? Yeah. But at this tier, uh, the main perk is to request for us to watch and review a film. Mm -hmm. And we've had, I think, about 16 of these episodes so far. And 16-0. They've all been great. All of them are winners. You all have wonderful tastes. Well, and that's to say from like first-time viewings Mm -hmm. to going back to classics to ones like it kicked off with Cabin in the Woods. Mm -hmm. I know I hadn't watched it like in so long and... The journey we've taken with this is wonderful. The Undertaker and his pals is always a good one. <laughs> Stuff that has become, again, yeah. part of the vernacular on the main feed, but it starts with our pallies. Yep. Dolls. Dolls. That was, was fun. Yeah. Now, that being said, the one we're going to be looking at is, number one, it was a first time viewing for both of us. Mm-hmm. Number two, our pally, Arthur, who recommended for us? There's a wonderful story that goes along it's with this. So sweet, to, and it's, it shows the power of like movies mm-hmm. and the shared experiences. Yes, and that's what we're all about with Friday Night Frights and with the show in general. You know, yeah. just the shared experiences of seeing something and having those films mean something beyond the movie theater. Yeah. So we uh, hope you enjoy our thoughts on "Don't Look in the Basement," and that is again to say next week. Uh, the madness begins anew. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, this one again, Arthur. Thank you, uh, Tristan. Thank you again, all of our pallies. Thank you. Uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed this tour through the Patreon vault. Yes. Uh, again, we hope to entice you over there. But regardless, uh, the madness starts next month. So enjoy this take on uh, "Don't Look in the Basement." Don't. Don't.
weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from. This is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that would rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Hey! My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's Patreon-only episode, uh, we're doing our best to stay sane as we talk our way through 1973's Don't Look in the Basement. (laughs) And if you are listening in, thank you for being one of the gnarly nurses that helped make up our Nightmare Junkhead film family. And of course, thank you for going beyond Squiddly Diddly, all up in your crazy hole. (laughs) And... Happy May Day, uh-huh. Genius McGee. Happy May Day, Greg. As the day this is releasing, yes. it will officially be May Day. Mm-hmm. And what better way to celebrate than go to our back catalog and listen to one Genius McGee walk you through his experience of ex- uh, taking in The Wicker Man for the first time. Come on over. I love that movie. Of course. What better way to celebrate May Day than here on Summer Isle? Behold, Bonehenge, and all of our plants, and don't forget to try our sundries, where you can pick only the finest pickled foolskins. I have to imagine you might be revisiting it again on that day. Fuck yeah. That and, like, hell, I might even do Midsommar. <laughs> no. 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 A miracle will not happen that no, day. Yeah, it's, a, it's May Day. No. Why, what day is it, sir? Why, it's May Day, sir! Right? <laughs> well, it should be noted, uh, here in the month of May, we are... Ooh, no, or spring. Maybe I'll watch The Untamed. La, da, 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 la. Okay, speaking of back catalog, I was telling you off the mic. Okay, so, side tangent, for Patreon pallies, then you probably know the... La, da, 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 right? So... There's this commercial out there for McDonald's, right, where they're talking about, like, what a better way to start the day with a hearty breakfast and combine your breakfast with a combination of sausage and ham and egg and bacon, right, and all this good shit, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the background, they're tall. They're talking about, like, combinations and merging and shit. You just hear, la-da-da-da. La, da, da, da. And I'm like, well, you know, as a matter of fact, that might be a good way to start the day. What better way to start the day with a little bit of squiddly diddly? La, da, da, da. Right? So I'm over there at McDonald's, don't dream it. I'm like getting my McMuffin. And con- considering <laughs> we're coming off the heels of squiddly diddly that was promised and not delivered on in Evil right? Dead Rise, right? you're seeking and searching out for the squiddly diddly when you can find it. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> McDiddle it. <laughs> my apologies to my uh, all of our Patreon pallies. And speaking of Patreon pallies, uh, <laughs> this particular episode does literally come from another place. Mm-hmm. As the top perk of that tier is for you all to request a movie for us to watch, experience, and then come together and talk about it. Oh yeah! And throughout the entirety of this catalog in this particular feed. Some bangers we've seen. Oh, yes. You pallies have good taste. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. From some of the Mm first-timers to revisiting of, for some, second-time viewings for me with, like, Cabin in the Woods. But Uh again, going back to a lot of the movies we love. Whenever there's a party and all the chicks are there. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. For it to insert itself into the vernacular of the main feed, it makes a presence. It has. It's been wonderful. And we're continuing that here as... 
our latest pally here. And oh boy, oh boy. In fact, just actually happened to see him last night. No stranger to the podcast and the Friday Night Frights. Friday Night Frights. Uh, and what's great is the fact that a lot of the times he comes with his mom. Mm-hmm. And that's important considering his relationship with the film that he wanted us to check out. And it is indeed a film from 1973. So should we just already say 1970s? Yeah, another, another time. Another place. Mm-hmm. Warning, quite possibly. Yeah, there's a lot of warnings in the 70s in general. You never know what you're going to get in the 70s in and general. We also have an indicator that we have uh, the word don't mm-hmm. in the title, mm-hmm. which we'll get to that. Now, that being said, uh, when asked why Arthur wanted us to watch this movie, this was his reply. It is the first horror movie... I saw with my grandma. Oh, that's delightful. Right then and there. Boom. Boom. I have a special relationship with the movie Gremlins because I saw that in the theater with my grandma. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is those kind of movies you get to have that, so I love that. I love that. Uh, and it is an underappreciated horror movie that nobody talks about, and the Golden Girls made a joke about the movie in one of their episodes. Really? Okay. Now, oh, you should see the look on Genius's face right now. I need to know the context of the joke. Hey, oh, hey, we've got plans after this. We have to stay on tar- stay on target. Right, we got to stay on target, but I want to go down that YouTube rabbit hole to find. I don't know why not, do, I, do I search up uh Golden Girls Don't Look in the Basement. Arthur, do us a favor. You're fucking rad, but if you can find that clip, if you can send that joke, I need context. Context. Because now after seeing that movie, I need to know. I need to know. Well, and what a crazy, weird, wild movie. Mm -hmm. Not only to watch for the first time, but watch with your grandma. Grandma. Man. If 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 my grandma was still alive, I don't know if I could watch that with her. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, like, your your grandma's fucking rad. So pretty damn cool. Well, we were just coming off our whole off-brand mm-hmm. uh, month, and we talked about the fact that you know the movie Nine to Five was very much a mom movie for me. So for this, obviously, with Arthur, that is his grandma movie. So question though: Did the grandma introduce you to this movie? Did you guys like stumble upon this movie watching it one day? You know, on TV or something? Because I would assume like this would be on TV at some point in time. And possibly, since Arthur is, I think, local, maybe even back in the day, but what channel would this one maybe have shown up right? on? It, I, it, seems like four, it seems like it's got 4162 written all over it. Because you would have to make some cuts. Uh-huh. But you wouldn't have to make that many cuts. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, USA. I'll even go, like, Groovy Movie. <laughs> so, the first thing I want to talk about before we get into the movie itself is the fact that, yes, it does have... The word don't in the title. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the laundry God. list of films. So many. Anything that you can do, there's a movie out there that will tell you to not do it. Mm-hmm. So we've got 
Well, I mean, just off the top of my head, there's like, uh, don't breathe, uh, don't be afraid of the dark, uh, don't go into the house alone, don't leave the woods, don't go there, don't go into the woods, um, shit, probably don't wipe your ass, don't, don't feed the bears, don't fuck anything. Don't forget, don't tell mom the babysitter's don't dead. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Don't be a menace to the uh, South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Yes. Right? And this, so that goes to show you this whole don't phenomenon goes outside of horror. Mm-hmm. It exists everywhere. Yeah. You can't escape. Don't. Don't. These movies are telling you don't. Don't be afraid of the dark. Okay. And don't be a menace. Okay. Well, and it's funny because. Don't breathe. <clears throat> Did you watch the sequel? No. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about making that dude the hero. I know. You know what I'm saying? I know. It's kind of almost the same along the lines as why I watched the first Jupiter's Creepers, but yeah. I'm not going to watch it. Rewatch it. You know, and yeah. especially not part two. Yeah. You know, not saying that like F- Freddie Alvarez did anything as bad as Victor Silva, but right. at the same time, to make that dude the hero of the next movie, like, there's that uh, questionable, questionable. That is to say, we had a little bit of baggage with that, which mm-hmm. keeps us from watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And but I've seen a lot of don't other other don't movies. I broke the rules. I'm a rule breaker. I'm not. <laughs> this might be actually genius beyond don't breathe and don't open till Christmas. My f- this is actually filling a large gap in my. I have a large, large gap in the don't filmography. Mm-hmm. Most of the films on this IMDb list. Did you ain't seen Don't Be a Menace? I have not. I've seen that. Ooh, we're gonna change that. We're gonna change that soon. Oh boy. Soon. Oh boy. Soon. Well, you'll see. Eventually, you'll see that on the I've seen that feed. Mm-hmm. I, I could BS my way through it. It's it's the Waynes. Oh. You know. Oh. Boys in the Hood, Menace oh. to Society. Oh, it's so funny. Cheeseburger. So funny. I had a dream. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to... So much fun. Don't watch it without me. I won't. <laughs> don't. Well, listen, here's the, here's the thing, though. I love all the don't trailers. There is no doubt at some point, if you've been to anything we host, I've incorporated a don't trailer either mm-hmm. in the pre-show or the trailer real proper. To the point where Edgar Wright created one of the greatest fake trailers in existence, that is... Don't. 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 If you're thinking about going into this house, don't. If you're thinking about opening up that door, don't. We rewatched it, of course, before watching the movie, and... Mm -hmm. Which took us on a weird pre-show. And thank you, Arthur, for this, because... The pre-show proper, you would have thought, would have involved the Lilith Fair, like was like a zombie outbreak at the Lilith Fair, maybe, right? Maybe because it was pure nineties girl band. We watched Fiona Apple, Tori Amos, Liz Fair, Mazzy Star, La- and it actually the best part though was when we finally peaked at Lovage. Music to make love to your old lady by. Okay. We went on a great journey. It was music I hadn't listened to in so long. Told you stories off mic that I won't be sharing. We won't be sharing. Of the Tori Amos concert. Mm -hmm. Let me just say this. 
memorable first time seeing her back in 94. I would have loved to go to that concert. <laughs> I would love to go to that concert. But we had a blast. Mm-hmm. But then we eventually watched the Don't trailer, which encapsulates everything we went into. But I just assume that a lot of these Don't movies are just workarounds to get to a lot of torturous stuff that happens wherever you're telling me not to go into mm-hmm. or to stay away from. Now, you apparently are more of a connoisseur of this area. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, I don't... When All these Don't movies, it depends on what it is. Because, like, Don't Breathe... I wasn't going in expecting, like, you know, jello. You know what <laughs> sure, I'm saying? Sure. Like, if, like, watching Don't, like, Don't Go Into the Woods, you know, I'm expecting kind of a slasher. I don't really have, like, it's just weird how many Don't movies there are, but they almost seem to just have so much different flavors. I guess because, like, I'm used to, like, Don't Be a Menace. And I'm like, so I'm like, I'm not thinking there's going to be, like, slashers in that. <laughs> you know, especially because I haven't seen it. But it just seems like it's odd that there's so many don't movies that don't that don't that are mm-hmm. saying almost cautionary tales. Like you're saying, don't look in the wood. This is the one rule you shouldn't do. And it usually all evolves around that one rule. And as someone that has lived their life according to horror rules right you are the person that will will, will not be going for, into the woods for example and i'm not going to be a menace to south central on drinking my juice in the hood <laughs> you know and i'm not going to breathe while uh stephen lang's got a turkey baster running around you know what i'm saying yeah. so i'm not it i've learned my lesson from these cautionary tales even with the don't go in the woods i know i ain't gonna go in the woods in the first place you don't have to warn me this is just adding more fuel to my fire of why i shouldn't do these cautionary things so i don't necessarily go in with baggage the only baggage that i go in is like and maybe we'll have fun and learn a lesson too that being said then this is a first time viewing for both of us it's uh huh <laughs> yeah, speaking of baggage yeah knowing that it's the early 70s i had some baggage going in there too i'm expecting low budget low grain sleaze mm-hmm. i'm expecting over the top deliveries performances i'm expecting nonsensical shit to come out of nowhere sometimes i'm expecting psychedelia but fucking for this movie check 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 and check all all my baggage has been checked in and this flight is ready to go i've somehow passed the background screening and we are ready to take a flight straight into fucking crazy town and let's just say this it was a glorious flight. We treated ourselves to some non-dairy products. Uh, always do the non-dairy for you, my friend, if we can. <laughs> but while we're on this flight, you talked about baggage claim. I've, I've got a little carry-on baggage mm-hmm. in this case because the one thing I was familiar with with this movie was just knowing a smidgen about it was it did involve a sanitarium or a mental health facility and the fact that we're again going back into the early 70s oh yeah the alarm bells are ringing oh yeah some heinous crazy shit literally is gonna go down assuming so and just a few years earlier back in 1968 you've got one flew over the cuckoo's nest just going crazy with the oscars you've got uh, freaking chucky himself brad dorf mm-hmm. in that role you've got 
Danny DeVito himself. Yes. So you've got just like the seeds of so many wonderful things that sprung from that, including a movie like Don't Look in the Basement. Mm -hmm. So baggage has been claimed. We understand what we're dealing with here. Because then you also have these schlocky ones like, you know, women's sanitarium or like... That kind of is on the balance of then a women in prison film. Or then even in the horror movies, whenever there's a sanitarium, it's not a good thing. No, no. From uh, there's Gothica. Mm-hmm. Is that the one with Halle Berry? Uh huh. There's a the in Shutter the, Island. I mean, there's also and that's contemporary main, ones. Yeah, that, mainstream contemporary. Yeah, there's not even talking about the like beaded curtains, Forty Second Street ones, which is what I was assuming mm-hmm. we would be sliding in with, right? Because we do have a don't movie, and it's in the seventies, and it's set in a mental health facility, right? In the seventies, right? Oh boy, oh boy. See, that's why I'm like, okay, I'm heading up. First class ticket to Crazy Town. <laughs> come, and? come, my baby. Come. No, that's that Crazy Town. I think so. They were the butterfly people. Yeah, come, come, my baby. I'm a butterfly, sugar baby. We're going to Crazy Town. Oh my God. We. Bow, bow, bow. What we're talking about was sitar, sinister bow, sitar. Bow, bow. Yeah. So let's just say this: we always tried to go as spoiler free as possible regarding our experience. It mm-hmm. should be noted. This is available to view via YouTube. Uh huh. But, but yeah, we were lucky enough. It's in my personal collection, unbeknownst to me for a second. And what, I was like, that sounds familiar. And it's not on a. It's part of just by itself. Disc. No, it's one of those compilations, like over fourteen hours of horror and mayhem, and like there's like twenty movies, and you're like, how in the fuck can there be over fourteen hours and there's twenty movies? But then you realize why. Oh. A lot of them are like, oh. 12 minutes long or some shit like that. However, there are some gems in there. On this same disc, on this same compilation, there's movies that I've never heard of. There's movies that are like, oh, that looks weird. But I'm like, okay, here's Don't Look in the Basement. What's this other one? Pieces. Hmm. Pieces. I think it's exactly what you think it is. Oh. Hmm. Bastards. Bastards. Bastards! Fucking poor Ian Sarah sitting there, don't know what to do. It stinks. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> From the game of games into this episode. But that's what this feed is. Mm-hmm. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Because I've addressed the baggage. We've, we know what we're going into. Let me just say this, walking away from it, legitimately loved the movie legitimately loved the experience of watching it with you and reacting to the movie and now knowing that it was Arthur and his grandma watching the movie I can only imagine right that's why I want to know did, did she's like hey young Arthur check this out this movie is great you know or like oh let's see what's on TV and they're both hooked at the same time you know <laughs> I need to know again with the Golden Girls yes I need, need context know. I need context so no um Another thing that I'm expecting with the 70s movies is basically no holds barred. (laughs) Everything is on the table. Nothing is taboo. Everything that... Because we've seen some wild, ill shit. The 70s is becoming, slowly creeping up to becoming one of my favorite favorite decades in horror. Because just between shit like... Devil Times Five, Day of the Animals, The Baby, The Visitor, all these movies from the 70s I've been watching, they're madcap. They're bonkers. Well, the best part is 
there's still so many of them that we're discovering. Right, that right. That continue to blow our minds mm-hmm. and continue to set that high standard that we've come accustomed to in the 70s. And this, again, continues that trend. So I'm so happy now that my baggage right now, I can take that off of this particular don't movie. And I think ideally I can take your perspective and start to explore the don't series out there. Once we hit don't be a menace, then yeah, all bad. Your baggage will get lost in the, in the airport. The best part of watching this movie with you is the baggage we both bring. And that is usually based on our reactions of people. (laughs) And especially and kitty cats. And, oh, of course, with kitty cats. But when we see someone for the first time and we have that reaction of, hey, they look like such and such. Mm-hmm. But when we see, and you called it, it was... Our, our Cronenberg our Conan, our mixing machine. My goodness. And if you all haven't aren't familiar with that, there was a bit that Conan O'Brien used to do back, back in the 90s. Like if they mated? Or if they, it was like if they made it. Yeah. And it was just horrible amalgamation, Cronenberg mm-hmm. pieced together of these celebrity couples. Mm-hmm. However, on the occasion, you can make a perfect combination. And you call, it was so funny because once you called it, I couldn't unsee it. Right. And that is our main character, the nurse. She looks like what it was. If, uh, in pod one, you have Goldie Hawn, and in pod two, you have Olivia Wilde. You have Goldie Wilde. Because Nurse Goldie Wilde, she it's... looks spot on like Goldie Hawn and Olivia Wilde had a kid. Couldn't unsee it. Right? And but and that's not a bad thing at all. And she was fantastic. She was great. In that, the film. Everybody, here's the thing. Every, yeah. Everybody in this movie was Mexican soap opera levels of crazy which fit the tone and the aesthetics perfectly. It was almost, I don't want to say, I, okay, so we all, in a one way, shape, or form, everybody who's listening are in the same boat when it comes to dealing with some form of mental issue in some oh, way, shape, or it's... form. And so, but when the 70s, it can be very exploitative. It could be very mean. It could be very backwards thinking, you know. So you have to go kind of in those movies with a little bit of grain of salt because mm-hmm. usually the psychiatrist and the psychiatrics and all the shit behind it is some irrehensible, oh. vile, vile shit. So you have to say, are they trying? Or what are the? What is the intent? What is the message? Who is the hero? Who is the villain? So again, you have when you're going into in the Salem Salem movies in the '70s, and you're dealing where the main focus. Because we've all seen movies: a crazy person broke out of the insane asylum, goes on a killing spree. They're the bad guy, right? But when it's set in an insane asylum, and everybody is having the depiction of mental health issues, mm-hmm. right? Because the first character we see is a soldier who, which we now know, would be diagnosed with PTSD. D and survivor's so. guilt. Very much so. They're like, oh, he's just so crazy, Sarge. That's just him. It could have gone a lot worse. It could have gone a lot better. But the fact that it was just so madcap and over the top and once over the piece, and it wasn't, they didn't portray him significantly as the villain. It was kind of a mystery of who the villain actually in this movie really was. But it was, and they all do irrehensible shit in this movie. Again, I don't want to say spoilers for a movie because this 
Arthur's right. Nobody's seen this movie no. or talks about yeah. this movie, right? Except the Golden Girls, apparently. <laughs> right? Ma! <laughs> Picture it. Insane Asylum, 1972, right? <laughs> <clears throat> so... I don't want to give too many spoilers away right now, but at the same time, this is your spoiler warning because it's going to be hard to talk about well, this movie oh, and going into some subjects without. I can totally non-spoil it because the first thing I want to talk about is yeah, all the performances. We're wild and crazy. They're fantastic. They're f- from top to bottom. In fact, uh, Nurse Beale, as portrayed by Rosie Holotic, Holotic, I'm probably mispronouncing it. That's our main character is wonderful, but my mm-hmm. person I want to give a shout out to, and I want to give thanks to Arthur too, is there Allison. Are, yes, Al- Allison, as portray. Uh, fucking El- Bet- Allison, I fucking I like that song. I uh, like Elvis Costello. Betty Chandler has played uh, Allison, and I thought she was next level. Like you said, you referred to it as the as Mexican. Uh, she was the Mexican soap opera. She was. In a Mexican soap opera version of a Tennessee Williams play, if they were going to put a, hat, a cat on a hot tin roof and they got, like, local weather anchor or something or rather, like Anna Vasquez to do it, poof. That's like, why won't you love me? Why won't you love me? Just everything about her. I was just like, yes, I'm just eating that shit up with a spoon. And she's over there, like, ripping her clothes off and shit. Just like, ah! And I'm like... I feel so bad for you. That's like, just it. She ah! takes you on this journey. Yes. And I was just entranced every time she was on the, to the point that where were my notes? I have the taste like strawberry scene, exclamation point, right? exclamation point. Hey, shout out to me to rewind. The strawberries are working. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of, and only people who listen to Meteor One would get that joke. So, uh. I think a few of our pallies do. <laughs> but then I also have the phone guy scene! Exclamation oh point! Exclamation Why point! Don't you love me? Just tell me. And I felt bad for that phone guy because he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go ca-. again." Like, spoiled. Hey, I'm gonna come and fix the phone. And like, uh, uh, and I even said, "I've seen movies like this before too," right? It's very much something they were watching in the Big Lebowski that would have starred Carl Hungus. Log jamming, fucking reach out and touch someone is what it's called or something. You know? That's what it's called. Finger dialing. Well, to the point where... (laughs) Oh, my God. That took a second to settle in. Don't worry. It took a second to settle into me, too. (laughs) Well, what didn't take a second to settle in was when the door shut during the phone guy scene. Uh-huh. I and, was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. no. 911 didn't exist at that point. And it it's, gives you a taste of the humor, but also the, the meanness. Depra- yes, like, even with Weird Waldo coming in and stealing babies. Fucking- okay. Here is our list of people that are being treated at the at Stevens Sanitarium, mm-hmm. as it's called. We do have the Weird Waldo. Of which he exists from the be- get-go in the beginning. Habitual line-stepper. That, and just, like, Shelly, if Shelly yeah. had a laugh. Oh, the laugh. The Joker-esque, sanitarium-esque. And just that that one defining characteristic of a, of a one-note character that is designed to be dispatched, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he is forever, as you said... Just causing chaos. Just mad chaos. Amidst this 
Sanitarium. Now we also have, uh, we have the the quiet one, mm-hmm. the one that's oh Jennifer, the one that like strikes like a cobra, stabby 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 stabby. Uh huh. We already talked about our lovelorn one. Uh huh. Allison. We, we have the mama, the mother. Uh-huh. We have the mother, the baby doll. We talked about the sergeant. Uh huh. We got the judge. Yes, the judge. The judge. The judge. And of course, we have Sam, mm-hmm. who is kind of oh. the off audience surrogate. Oh, and we're missing one. Oh, crazy Alfina. Oh, crazy Alfina. Ralphina. Ra- oh, Ra- crazy Ralphina. At, wait. The main one? No, the no. old lady, Crazy oh, Ralph. Oh, Crazy the old Ralphina. Thank you, yes. Crazy Ralphina. Who, that's another performance. I looked at you, I was like, dude, that is some next level crazy old she's, crazy lady acting. Right? She's over there just like, hello, Joe, out of nowhere, scaring people. You gotta leave. Don't stay here any longer. There, How can I she forget was Crazy our, Ralphina? She was our harbinger. Yes. Oh, my God. That just goes to show you a laundry list of just this cast of characters that we're spending, and this movie could work as like a play, because as a stage show. Up in the airy mountain, down the rushing glen, we daren't go hunting for the fear of little men. <laughs> it rang familiar to you, did it not? Bells, whistles, spider senses are going off, and I'm like, I fucking heard that before. I f- where have I heard that before? To the Google. Yes, thankfully we live in a great day and age. So it's it's a, from a poem called The Fairies by a book of by William Allington. It's mm-hmm. an old Scottish tale, so I probably should have said up in the airy mountain, you know, something like that. But for the fear of little, wee little men, right? <laughs> but I'm like so in my head, like, of course, I'm putting the accent in it. I'm like, where have I heard it? I've heard that before. I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. Then it struck me. It's what the tinkerer told Charlie Bucket and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory when he's outside the Wonka. And he's like, right before he says, nobody comes in and nobody comes out. And he pulls away. So he uses that poem to scare Charlie Bucket. Question. Having just saw a stage show of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, did they include that in there? They did. And that's why it rang. That's so funny. That is so funny. That's By a the... plate of shrimp right there. Yeah, it Chocolate is. Chocolate shrimp. By the way, well, your review of said a performance of a Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? <laughs> Come on. I think it's good enough for him to hear on this, genius. Come on. Let them let him get a little taste of the monster that you are. In my opinion, upon seeing this theater, there is no way I'm so glad that those tickets are free. Because I'll be damned if I would have paid a cent for that production. If it was well, Les, if you know, excuse me, I'm gonna toss my scarf over my shoulder, fix my beret, and I'm gonna insert a cigarette in one of those tiny little long things. Harumph. <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. The best part I asked him I was like, by any chance were you like quoting along or oh, singing under your breath? Mind. Okay, so in my mind, in my mind, I was like, 
I'm singing along. I got the whole Broadway show tunes. I got fucking there is no under my breath to the point where like my mom kind of like nudged me. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Because I'm like, and for some reason, their like mics didn't quite all work right. And when my voice, even even when I try to whisper, especially, especially when I go down in the lower registers, it just kind of bases out, right? And so, like, <clears throat> I'm sitting there. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it, right? And so, like, I'm sitting there. I did get busted, though, because the Oompa Loompas, which my niece was in there, she's coming in there, and I'm like, Oompa Loompa, too do right? <laughs> and, like, I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm trying not to sing along, and then, but it's the Loompa, so, like, I don't like the look of this. That's the part I accidentally sang out a little bit too loud, right? And, and like, and, like, unintentionally, I, like, I liked it, but I'm singing along with the Oompa Loompas, you do know who is to blame. Bum bum, the mother and the father. I'm like, oh shit, I'm looking around again. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm bombasting subconsciously the play, the school, the students. I felt I didn't feel bad because I'm singing along with the song. If you're putting on a play, you want the audience to <laughs> sing along in a musical. That's the mark of a good musical. Toe tapping is shit. You probably don't want them to sing loud, but at the same time. It wasn't that bad, but it, like I could have been worse. Yep, yep. I could have been Let's worse. Let's just put it this way: you were not asked to leave, right? I had a good time. You were able to congregate with everyone afterwards. I had a good time. I was tapping him down to do. I was even sitting there. Cheer up, Charlie! Don't you feel blue? The only thing he was missing was candy. <laughs> I mean, in my mind, and in my mind, I got the Wonka suit on. You know my Wonka fantasies with the cane, the cane, and the, and the passing out the candy and all that shit. I've seen you host an event or two with that particular garb on, my friend. I if I told you if I ever became a supervillain, Wonka would be my shtick. And we also now know the music you'd be coming out to based mm-hmm. on the villainous stuff mm-hmm. that we were talking about in said. Lilith Fair pre-show. Yeah. So, any of the which brings us back to the movie that we're talking about. Stay, st- st- stay on the main field. Stay off the moors. <laughs> I had too much candy. I fell in the chocolate river. No, that's okay because we had I a now maza. We have the lady at the very beginning, and it should be noted. Th- let's talk some spoilers mm-hmm. because, again, the joy I have watching a movie with you, especially if it's at home where we can converse and have some fun with the movie, but when you specifically are like, I've got it. And we're about, I don't know how many minutes in, but I was like, you got what? He's like, and it was almost like you were going to have a musical. I've got, I've got got a hypothesis. I got it. (laughs) Come with me and you'll see in my world of pure speculation what we'll see may defy, we may need an explanation. Bravo. (laughs) And let's just say you're a master level sleuth. You should be in that... Hercule Perot. Yes. That's what I should do. You were doing the mustache and shit. I should you. like, hmm. I should curl it up and shit. I bet I could pull it off. I, I know bet you I can. Pull it off. I know you can, my friend. <laughs> should be- write a Facebook poll <laughs> on what to do with my face. 
<laughs> but you called it, and the you broke it down to me, and throughout the film, I showed my work. The work showed itself, genius. <laughs> we were just like, there's another piece. Yep, there's another piece to the point where we do get the big master reveal mm-hmm. and, a, and an ending scene that will still haunt me for quite some time. <laughs> but the time we do spend with all of these characters. You grow to know them and care. Well, not care. No, well, especially, uh, you know, Weird Waldo. Right. And plus, why would you want to give one of the crazies an axe? Well, question, genius. Why would you stay in, in a place with no locks? Hey, I've really wanted a job before, too. I know what it's like. I lived in my car for a little bit. I, I dig it. I know it. I know. But if they're like, hey, we'll give you this great job, free room, free board. All you got to do is stay with these crazies in an unlocked door after somebody just got axed by one of them. Not but hours earlier you think you can handle it fuck no you can fuck all the way off you know <laughs> just like so that's here. needless to say not a lot of empathy from don't. the get go yeah don't 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 accept that job <laughs> the whole time the whole time i'm like well i know why this movie's i don't know why it's called don't look in the basement because we don't got a basement Yet, but I know what it else should be called. Don't accept that job. Don't give that crazy person an axe. Don't fuck that chick. Like, don't take away that girl's baby. <laughs> don't, don't get close to Weird Waldo. Don't forget Sam's popsicles. There's like a lot of don'ts that I learned in this movie. And we got about all of that in an hour and 20 mm-hmm. before we finally got to said basement in the title of our don't movie. We're in an hour and 30 minute movie and we don't get a basement until... Now, I understand why, because yeah. it's telling the title. Don't look in the basement. Okay. We'll we'll take your word for it, movie. Well, my problem was, I think, probably 40 minutes in... Where's the ba- I, it was, it was, was basement the Poochie? Was Poochie basement? Where's the basement? Wait, when basement's not on the screen, we should be asking, where is the basement at? The the basement had to go back to his home planet. <laughs> but the problem was, I'm glad he didn't because he, if he would have died, go the basement would have died going. That would have been horrible because right? I was still having a blast Me throughout too. the film. Yeah, I mean, no, the, this is the, where's the basement? The anticipation was there. Where I'm like, well, when is said basement? Or because it turns out this is another one of those uh, movies that probably depending on the region you're in, mm-hmm. uh, it has multiple titles as an AKA. Uh, it's all it is for us. Don't look in the basement, mm-hmm. but for some, uh, it was uh, the forgotten. I like that. At first, I was like, "That's whack," but like thinking about it, it, it makes a lot of sense, and it kind of is heartbreaking. There's a number of lines in here that are very heartbreaking that uh-huh. we'll get to, but then the other title, and maybe this is over if you're in Europe, uh, is Death Ward Number Thirteen. That. Sounds like it's one of those like prison action movies, women in prison films, women in prison, or even like prison exploitation, where it's just a bunch of dudes brawling <laughs> like that. Like Michael Jai White's probably starring in it. Jewel, <laughs> I, I'm okay. I'm with cool that, with it either way, but, but that is a very misleading yes, title because there's yes, is. there is not a high death and gore count. That's what I'm saying. This could be just blur out the boobs or like cut it a very 
4162 USA groovy movie-ish. And it does spend time with our patients and with our doctor. And there's a moment where she says, this is a place for the unloved, unwanted, and the forgotten. Yay! <laughs> That's how it would have been better. It, but it was also just a reminder of, yeah, there was this place, you know, that you and I probably both worked with kids that did come from sanitariums mm-hmm. at several times in our lives, of which this was very much a reality for many people. Yeah. and But again, treated with 70s gloves. It could have gone a lot worse. Yes, it could have. It could have gone a lot, a lot, lot, lot worse. That's what I think was, I was always waiting for that shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. And, and it could have got a lot of rapier, too. It dare I say this was, but I'm glad it. I mean, tastefully in a way because it's right. Still, you still got some gratuitous nudity, right? That's another but, thing in 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 70s sanitarium movies, especially when it's oh, co-ed, oh, unlocked door sanitarium with ill shit. There, that's also another one. Like, uh oh, mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. And it was almost the attempted things that were happening. Was almost shoe on the other foot because yeah. the most sexually aggressive person in this movie was Allison. Yeah, the lovelorn, right? Well, and then it was played because of her performance. It just goes so many different places. It was played for pathos instead yes. of um, for goofs. any kind of like. Yeah, this was not meant to be titillating. No, at all. No, no, and well, it reminded me then of. And I think this definitely, Arthur, you'll appreciate this. Uh, there is a podcast called How Did This Get Made? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got uh, June Diane Raphael, uh, Jason Manzukis, and Paul Shear. And they talked about Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Mm-hmm. But not only did they talk about it, but they had uh, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron on the show. And Charlize Theron praised... Uh, Wendy's performance, uh, the main blonde girl. She's great in that movie. She really, really is. She's really good. But to She's hear super good. Oscar winner Charlize Theron talking about her performance, having watched it, appreciating it, and then they're talking about the full frontal you know, scene mm-hmm. and all the, the weird shenanigans that come from it. Arthur, I do recommend if you haven't listened to it, seek it out. Anyone that likes what we do will love that. And it is recommended listening to it because... To just hear Charlize Theron talk about how much she loved the movie. That's cool. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. But no, her performance in this reminds me of something that they would watch and appreciate because it does. It is pretty over the toply wonderful. It's not afraid to kind of control the pace of the movie and remind you that, yeah, it is serious, but at the same time, there are, we can go up to 11 if necessary. It's because it's that level of like. I don't want to say acceptable camp, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like just enough to be like, okay, these people are, this movie is proper nuts, bizarre, and batshit, <laughs> but I'm glad that they're being restrained with their crazy because they ca- it could have gone a lot darker, it, it could have gone a lot weirder, but it, it's yeah. just that right a level it, of bizarre insanity that keeps you engaged and entertained without being repulsed and that's a good balance to hard and hard one to walk in the 70s well and the other person that's walking that fine line and walking it well is our antagonist and with the reveal well we have multiple antagonists the judge was from the get-go he was intense and vince he's the first in the first five minutes we get a kill Right, Action and so I'm thinking it's going to be a bloodbath, but we get one or two kills off the bat, 
at like the first five, mm-hmm. and then we don't get any more real kills until about the last ten fifteen, mm-hmm. and then but in between it's all character building and, and suspense, just, yeah. and which is not. I'm not saying that's rare in the seventies because we've seen stuff like Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Mm-hmm. We've seen stuff, but we've also seen stuff like Last House on the Left. Sure. You know, so it can go anywhere in between, and so that this strike that balance where. The kills, the acting, the situations, the scenario over at the top, but it's not played for laughs. No. It's not played no. for let's put on a goofy play. Like the judge, <clears throat> he was intense, he was scary, but he had a moment where he realized that he was insane. Where he like where that moment where he's like, I actually killed somebody. Mm-hmm. I where he uh, was he, you could see the processes going on in his head, the remorse, oh, yeah. fighting the insanity. Like, it was, I was like, well, you've been scaring me the whole time, but now I feel really bad for you, Judge. You know? That's a sign of a good movie, though, mm-hmm. where you can take care in all of the side characters, no matter how trivial they are. And goofy and over the top at times. Or more, no matter how much also they look like Larry Fessenden right. Sr., you're gonna rot, right? And just fucking, he's sitting there, and when he's getting like sexually aroused, my name is Robert Paulson, or no, Judge, <laughs> Judge Overton, or whatever his name yeah. was, right? And like Harlot, Jezebel, get out of my room, you know? Their interchange, oh, it's funny but heartbreaking well, yeah, at the same time. It's almost like um, an, a Wes Anderson movie where you're laughing yeah. and all but you're like oh that's kind of heartbreaking the like the crazy tannin bombs instead of the royal tannin bombs cuz they're all talking about how they're all family and stuff so yeah no the the, the inner- weird waldo and shit every time he shows up every time with that laughter again but then again everything is oh. like well balanced and again sad because we were talking earlier about crazy ralphina yeah. right Next time we see her, she's got her tongue cut out, and you feel so bad for her because she was proper good. She even goes, "This might be the last time we still go for a walk." Oh, you know, shit, yeah. I mean, just all this shit that she That's... she's genuinely trying to warn. Get out, get out! This is not a good place for you. Everybody is trying to warn mm-hmm. her as best as they can. Well, and she's also going in knowing that there's some unorthodox therapy going on again why would you take the job though which leads to the axing but this is not the first time we've come across like unorthodox therapy techniques in genre chop 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 up your mother okay yeah alone in the dark that whole and again if you haven't watched that one that is so good uh jack shoulder directed that but even better uh david cronenberg's the brood. Oh yeah, psychoplasmics. <laughs> well, at least we didn't have the the mama crazy with the licking the baby doll. You see what I've done? <laughs> oh, that would have been. That would have worked. That would have worked. <laughs> but it goes in a long line of those kind of movies. Now, a lot of gaslighting too. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, this is not what you think it is. No, that's not what it is. Well, it's because there is this assumed hierarchy of power with Dr. Oh, what was her name? Martin. Yes. Which, and she was the, her, especially when she gets the reveal and she gets to intimidate, it's wonderful. Well, sure, her whole speech, what, like, kind of, like, made me put two and two together and start thinking about that when she was like, 
Well, probably when she had her tongue cut off, she reached a higher plane of existence. She's transcending. I'm like, God damn, what is this, St. Martyrs? Dr. Mademoiselle? Like, what the hell's going on? Like, I was waiting. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, this ain't good at all, right? And so I'm like, wait, wait, my my horror spider senses are tingling. Because, like, like again, like, when I I call movies, it's not because I'm like, oh, that's... Because I'm genuinely playing along. And even if I call a horror movie, I still want to see where it's going to go and what it's going to do and if it's going to surprise me. So when I say, I called it, and I'm not saying it's bad. But, like, this one, I called it, and I was like, okay, this looks... Now let's see there? how ill shit's gonna go down. Now that we know sh- that who the villain really is, and I want to talk a little bit about the dispatching. Eventually, the dispatching of said madam, because that goes to maniac level styles places. Before we go, we got to yeah. talk about all the other. When we talk about, there's not a lot of gore. There was a really good kill scene. Very, very oh, Italian, oh, Fulci approved. Oh, just oh. when, just when you think like, okay, this is a very chaste, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, being seventies co-ed insane Italian with no locks and doors. This is a very chaste movie. Mm-hmm. We've only seen two real kills. Fucking the axe in the back, very Friday the Thirteenth five ish. Yeah, it was. But I was not expecting this fucking snapping necks for DOS effects and <laughs> getting shoved into goddamn suitcase in the first five minutes. That- one of the characters that I thought was going to go the whole time. That opening kill set the mood because we both started giggling. <laughs> like, God damn, what are we in for? And it was just that. It's, I, it set the tone nicely for me because, again, my baggage is immediately was, I put it down. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. And every time I thought we would hit the torturous shit and we didn't, it made it even better. And it made me just realize I got to really address this don't issue <laughs> That I have, but <laughs> don't judge a book by its title. But what did we did do? We did it twice. This gag was so good to the point where we we're like, "Wait, did they properly set that up?" We had to see. Do we miss something? Because that was a really good gag that flew under our radar. Oh, and we did rewind it, and it's a proper good gag. Ooh, it is set Bravo, up. Bravo! I perfectly. I, I, this was well, well done. Well, so well done. So. This whole time we're trying to figure out who is the real killer amongst the crazies mm-hmm. because when you're in a house and everybody's a red herring and everybody has means yes. and yes. has killed before, you're like in bad shape. So who's actually the killing all the weirdos, the weirdos, the killers and the weird uh, Waldo and everybody? Somebody's like, hey, I'm going to find me some drugs. They found that, and we're more focused on them, her reading the drugs, that we don't see those old-fashioned note skewers, right, dangling above her head over so slightly. So when then the killer comes and just goes, wham, and just whams the head, fucking John yeah. Wick, fucking Joker, making things a ta-da style. It glory us. And then when she pulls back in the reveal, yes, nicely done. Nicely done. It was a moment that killed in person, and you know that's a moment that would kill in a theater. Mm-hmm. Just that build-up to everything, and that final release. Oh my god, that, that one was glorious. Because it was like, boom, boom. Like, wait a minute, where'd that thing come from? We were running, because like, that was cool. <laughs> Let's rewind it. Oh, that was really cool. Well, then we even commented the fact that we've got kind of a speak no evil, see, see no, no evil. evil. I was afraid for ear trauma. Me too. From there on out, like, mm-hmm. yeah. But as we said, it was a little light, which is fine, because again, the journey we were all having with the characters, 
It was worth it. And then we still don't know what's going on because the whole time one of the vill- the people that we thought have died somehow is sending messages from beyond the grave via one of the patients. And we're like, does Sam have the shin? Right? So... <laughs> And it is it is addressed that Sam lives in the present, and that's all he can live in is at the present. So therefore, the doctor's still here because he had a lobotomy, Ooh, which was the which doctor's last lobotomy, last lobotomy, which and made yeah, which made him transition into this new style of therapy, mm-hmm. but which is basically was the doctor's downfall. It was weirdly enough, but Doctor Mademoiselle was on another level too. Dr. Mademoiselle, she was another Mexican soap opera, telenovela, villain, nurse ratchety type. Yes, ratcheting up. Ratcheting way up. Gloriously. She just chewed everything that she walked into. There were moments where we were looking at each other going, God damn. She is mean. She is crazy and intense. She played it perfectly. She, a number of them really understood the assignment. They knew what kind of move they were in. They knew where they could probably go mm-hmm. based on whatever parameters the director was giving them, of which this movie, it is directed by great, great name, S.F. Brownrig. That is a good name. That sounds like uh, Samuel L. Bronkowitz. It's, it's one of his uh, stable of directors. Well, he did direct, uh, in 1974, Scum of the Earth, Mm-hmm. Uh, he in 1977, genius. He directed "Keep My Grave Open." Oh, and of course, who can forget 1974's "Don't Hang Up"? Classic. Is and that no, that's sequel? to say, dude was making movies. Is that a sequel? Don't look in the basement. Don't hang up. He had he had a lock on some of the don't movies, but that's not to that is like fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just and I hate the new IMDb. Technically, it's weird. I despise it. The setup is so horrible. But you know what else was very shinning? The reveals. Yeah. The reveals had there was a very shinning like guy with the bear suit. The well, whole I was not expecting a little dash of necrophilia in this movie. Oh, her whole moment was just like, um, uh, "Don't interrupt us on our wedding, wedding night. night." He told Ooh. me he loved me, and I'm like, "Ew, ew, you're nasty." Yeah, that one was, and it was, and it was her again. That was our Allison. Allison. She is all over the place. Turns out our nurse, uh, Rosie Holotic. Mm-hmm. Arthur informed me is a Playboy playmate. I can see it, and she's the one that actually keeps her scrubs on. Mm-hmm. So that's good for her. Yeah, I like to see that there wasn't an automatic assumption. Right, that that works. That works. So, other notes before we get to the finale. Uh, oh, before the finale. Mm-hmm. Oh, when she's wrestling the doctor, <clears throat> I can't sleep. I can't sleep now. There's people to be saved, and I'm like, you forgot your hippopotamus, though. Anytime you get to break that out. Uh, the closet attack out of nowhere was scary. Gave me a good scare. With the quiet one. When, the, when, when Jennifer was her name? Yeah. The one that they had to keep under locking. The only one that they had to keep under locking key? And she, she stays still after this. Axe in the back. Crazy out of nowhere knife attack. Mm-hmm. Keep staying. No phone. Keep staying. Exactly. Well, I'm like, why don't you leave? Fucking, you wake up in the middle of the night. The judge is standing over you with an axe. After he saves you from an attempted assault by Weird Waldo, and he basically says, everybody's going to have their time for judgment. Yeah. Just tonight's not yours. There's a perfect, perfect time. time for it. Oh. And I was like, why oh. are you fucking still staying there? You've been there like a week and a half. <laughs> it's not like a, the next day. You've been there. You know the routine. They know your name. They have your file. 
Why? Why, oh Nurse Wild? Why? You need you need you got you got to fill in those blanks on your resume and your curriculum vitae, my friend. It, it doesn't fill itself. Mhm. Mhm. And then finally after a minute 20, we go and see why we should not go into the basement because there is somebody who's still alive. Who is that somebody? It's the actual doctor. The first son that we thought, that we thought was From killed. From the get-go, though. With... All he wanted was a candy bar. <laughs> All the, and he was just chopping wood with the, uh, with the judge. Turned out they did actually uh, deny Roy entrance. They actually tried to bring an ambulance uh, mm-hmm. into the sanitarium. Uh, and we actually then get nurse dispatching doctor, which then sets all the final events into play. It was, it's always good to see, like, I, I don't want to say crazy comeuppance, but you know it's ill shit when, like, you treat people bad in a prison or a sanitarium or anything like that, and then finally, like, if you're the warden or pat-assed or anybody <laughs> like that, you know what I'm saying? And the inmates or the patients then who will turn on you, you mm-hmm. know they're just going to rip you to shreds. Cool. I was expecting that. We got it. Oh, and everybody had their own signature weapon. Yes, they did. It was like a weird episode of Clue. Like <laughs> crazy Clue, right? Or something. And I think it was the judge with an axe in the bedroom. No, I think it was Jennifer, the quiet one with a knife. No, it was Sarge with the blunt lead pipe. You know? <laughs> no, it was Mama with the baby doll. Everybody had their own <laughs> signature weapon. So we see it. Next thing you know, the only one who's missing, like, oh, well, where's Sam? And it's heartbreaking because Sam is still following the doctor's orders. Mm-hmm. And I got to, I, I wrote this down. She was selling that Sam, don't please quit. Ooh. Don't, please that... don't kill me. Stop it, Sam. That whole, like, you could just hear her just continuously up the stairs, going in the back, the way that it was shot. Mm-hmm. I know, I don't know, I don't know if it was intentional, but as he's going, it just sounds bad. Like, I'm like, oh, no. The whole time, I'm like, God damn, she is selling really, it. really fucking selling it. I feel so bad, and I know Sam's got this weird guilt. Mm-hmm. Then when everything switcheroo, he, come on, let's go. And she's like, no, Sam, no. And then finally she realizes, okay, let's get out of here, Sam. Help, help, yep. help. But I'm like, Whew. But then Sam comes back, and I'm like, what are you doing, Sam? And I thought he, my, he, thought he was going to say, my place is with the family or something like that. He goes on a fucking spree, a fucking spree. Takes out the entirety of those that dispatched uh, Mademoiselle. And then we're just, because <clears throat> he's like, Mama. And then he's, it's kind of very Ready or Not-esque ending. Yeah. Where we just see him sitting there with everybody, covered in everybody's blood and gore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then credits. And I'm like, wow, bravo. If one thing that we realized that uh, 70s movies can do is they can end abruptly. Abruptly. And the credits sequence in this also, you want to talk about leaving the movie with just recency bias of just some weird stuff. Uh, there is definitely um, a uh, tradition of yeah, closing set, credits. Uh, closing credits and showing the cast of characters. With when you uh, know, they're alive, yes, usually doing, yes, doing like stuff. some sort of like, hey, smiling in the camera or saying a line. We'd have Sergeant for. doing something not, you know, as masculine. Or, or even bloopers, like fucking. Yes. Thank you, Hal Needham. Right, exactly. Dom DeLuise getting slapped by Burt Reynolds. Perfect example. But in this one, and even in Undertaker and his pals, they showed them how they died, but they come back, hey, we're still alive. Every, 
everything's all good. Not this movie. Oh no. They're they're closing credit like montage. The players of this film, yeah, they showed them dead. Where they're at right now, dead, <laughs> just gone. With the gore still on. The only exception is Sam is she... with the gore still yep. on. And, and nurse, nurse Nurse Goldie Wild. <laughs> and they just when she was first introduced, all bright eyed and bushy tail. Now she's broken. Uh. So no, I was like, wow. This movie was crazy. crazy. Wild, yes. I don't know what I was expecting because I don't go in expecting anything other than a 70s movie. But I was like, this was really good. Yeah. This is really fun. This goes in the long fun lineage. Is not a good word. Though. No, you need to know. I enjoyed my time watching this movie. Yeah. But I couldn't say, like, hey, everybody, hey, Normie, check this out. It's more next level. But see, here's the thing. I think I might be able to say, hey, check this out because we're praising it and we're loving it. But I could also see where this would be perfect for riff tracks or a mystery science theater. To have some fun with it. To have a little bit of fun because it is 70s. It is low budget. It is over the top. It is Spanish, uh, <laughs> Mexican soap opera level acting in some of the performances. Yeah. But I also think while it can be ripe for. Not ridicule is a bad word. I think like riff tracks and shit like that does it well because it's playing with it and mm-hmm. along it, not in a, and and gentle jabs making fun of shit. More laughing with than at, if possible. Right, but I can see where it could be yeah. perfect for this. Yeah, you know. So again, another party movie in mm-hmm. the background. Sit down and watch. I wasn't so, expecting to the, the the emotional ride that I took with these characters. If anything, we realize. It's a family film. Mm-hmm. You know? What? All about family. It's all- <laughs> I kind of wanted to see a 70s crossover movie like the the Devil Times Five kids knock on that door. Oh, my God. Or Papa, Dr. Papa Doc. Well, as it turns out, they did actually, right they now. may have made a sequel of this like a 40 years later. Really? Where there's some ghosts of those dispatched in the sanitarium that might still be there. Oh man, can you have the, the judge that transcended? And, oh no, Madam Dr. Mademoiselle. Uh no, this was indeed a blast. So thank you Arthur for that. Now, one of the things that we always ask is what movie would you pair this with as a double feature? And Arthur th- kind of opened this one up. He said actually I would pair it anything by M Night Shyamalan. What the twist? Yeah, I could see that. Mhm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, genius, I'll throw it out to you. What would you pair this with? I'm gonna go Devil Times Five. There you go. <laughs> I think because it kind of has the same thing because those are crazy kids, and then that escaped the insane asylum, yep. and they're fucking up at people in a house. I think it fits well. I, and again, I'd like to see that crossover. It's 70s, right? It's 70s. I'm actually gonna go with something a little bit more contemporary, and one I know that you're eventually gonna be watching. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cult of Chucky. Ooh, is that that because that's set in Crazy Town, then too? It is, it is. That's actually the next step of the of uh, uh oh my god, Mia Dorif's character. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I no, uh, Fiona, Fiona, thank you, my god, ah, and yeah, but I'm glad that, like, again, we've come a long way when it's dealing with mental health yep. issues and being able to diagnose and 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 treat people well and i'm glad that while yes we have come a long way we still have a long way to go into actually helping getting people all the help that they need but we're still going to have the tropes of a crazy town mm-hmm. uh, insane killer escape the 
the uh, mental facility. And when we go to mental facilities, they're always going to be dank. They're always going to be dingy. They're always going to be scary. Yeah. You know, so I hope. I like that. I like that. Like it's not an easy. It's an easy way out to say everybody's crazy and stuff. But at the same time, again, this is another time, another place warning. But I think it worked for this one, and mm-hmm. I think it's one of those good exceptions of the rule where you actually genuinely feel and pathos for these characters, oh, yes, for the yes, patients, you, you yes, know, you and you feel bad that they're being so exploited by one of their fellow patients. So it's kind of one of those like. Again, not fun, but it's absolutely 100% unequivocally entertaining. Yeah. And so thank you very much, Arthur, for this one. This one was indeed a blast. Now, it should be noted, uh, the day this is releasing, we are going to be recording our Friday episode, which kicks off all of our Panic Fest content. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually going to be talking with a few of our favorite folks that are... Uh, uh, it's Adrian and Kate. It's Adrian and Kate. Yeah, of the course bl- it is. It's the blonde in front and like the president of the critics. That is correct. Now, and we love doing it. But we've got a loaded month on Patreon as well. In fact, our commentary. Are we going to do it? Uh, we'll, we'll pencil it in. I think that's going to be a fun one. Uh, let's just say uh, we're staying in the musical field. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of you will have a lot of fun with this one. It is going to be. Listen, we got a lot of good stuff coming up this month on the main feed and on Patreon. Uh, continue appreciate what you guys do. In fact, I know Crypticon's coming up soon, so yes. all that's going to be happening. So I want to go to Christmas Con. Did I tell you about that? So does Arthur. He actually hit me up on that Christmas Con. Yeah, speaking of Arthur, yeah, oh, Ar- 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 the Christmas Con looks fucking dope. It is unreal the people they have coming in. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to all that. So until the next time, this is Greg D. And up in the airy mountains, down in the rushy glen. We daren't go hunting for the fear of little men. And I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. (laughs) 